0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the sound supervisor for Encounter, Andrew Sterk, and my interview with the star, Riz Ahmed.
1: This is Mission Control to Jay. I can't believe it's been two years since I saw you last. How's Bobby? Missed miss you both so much. I'm heading out on another secret mission. I want to come see you, but I need to keep fighting. Everything I do is to protect you. Dad, we're back? Come here. Keep your eyes open. The game is called get in the car as fast as humanly possible. You gonna let him beat you. It's okay. What's going on here? I'm a road trip with my boys. At 3 a.m.
2: No, please, stop! So, um, yeah, I mean, let's just kind of dive into it. Uh, this is obviously, you know, any film where you're talking, you're depicting someone who, spoiler alert, is struggling with mental illness. It's very important to really put you inside their head. Tell me a little bit about the thought process behind just making this such a sensory film where every little sound effect stands out really in any location you're in in general. Were you involved kind of from the ground up of developing this film, since it's so sound heavy?
3: Um, Well, we certainly chatted quite early on with Michael, the director, just about his concept of, uh, essentially he wanted to make a sci-fi film that has no sort of tangible sci-fi elements in it, in terms (laughs) of uh, the way that we approach the sound. So that you couldn't have, you know, like the classic, uh, you know, the the sort of droney space sounds and things like this and anything like that we had to stay well clear of. So we had to come up with a concept that was give us the sci-fi otherworldly edge, um, but without it being um, classic sci-fi genre material. So I guess that led us to to the use of heightened sounds, such as when the the um, insects are all eating. It's it feels like they've been mic'd up, you know, right in front of their face, and we've got microscopes on absolutely everything. So it's all every every element that we could is lifted to uh, heighten the mood.
2: Yeah, so I was curious about a couple of those in particular, uh, your Foley work with all the insects in general. Tell me about those sounds, because I love the opening montage. You can hear like the when like the bugs eating one of the other ones and stuff. And uh, like when they you get the close up of them flying into the bug zappers, stuff like that. Tell me how you created those enhanced bug noises.
3: Well, those were all provided by the Foley department. So they, would you know, (laughs) crinkling plastic was on. I was was one of the elements and obviously you get out the vegetable um, drawer and see what things can be broken up there so you know the usual and also i think they use some nuts so anything oh. kind of crushed that would give you that brittle horrendous crunching spiky sounds
2: so some of my favorite moments in the film were uh, in the first half when they're going into public places and you have different sound effects that come with someone who uh, Riz Ahmed suspects might be infected. There's a woman in the gas station, and she yeah. breathes, and you just hear, like, cicadas. And there's a guy with an oxygen take when he breathes, yeah. and it's got this. So tell me about those two scenes. I really love those
3: moments. Well, those, actually, the steer from those was um, made by, um, by Maya in the edit. So we kind yeah. of picked up on that and followed it through. Mm. And I know that uh, Paul, who was the sound designer on the film, um, was feeding in sounds um, whilst, the, well, whilst the edit was also going on. So they were mm. uh, one kind of informed the other. And I guess, you know, you end up with a, an elevated approach to the whole soundtrack and the way that the film becomes shot. Not shot, but edited rather.
2: Yeah. Now, it seems like halfway through, the sa- there's a turning point in the soundscape of the film too. Uh, the big reveal comes that, this might not be what we've been led to think when you go inside the barn and everything drops out and you hear like the sound of um you know a saw cutting through the bolts in the lock and it's really muted kind of uh almost bug like itself tell me about kind of using sound to show the turning point of this film's overall narrative
3: well so the uh, the uh, the general scope of it was to try and create something that we the viewer for the first time would have a question mark over. So that's that's why all the insect noises were particularly heightened in the first half, so that it was telling you something that, you know, you always had a, an element of suspicion there that, oh, OK, the aliens are there and they are coming in and we feel this sort of closing in of, of them as we get trapped within it all. Um, and then obviously the re- re- reveal happens. And from that point, we decided to back all those elements off and to go more in a, a still heightened the sound, but to go much more away from the insects and uh, just go. I mean, when they go up to the mine, there's all the wind noises flying around there and, and the energy comes from things moving around a lot, which was panned. So um, using the panning, if that has answered your question, probably not. Yeah,
2: <laughs> there's um there's a really good scene when he confronts a cop. And, uh, you know, the way the tension builds and then ultimately when they scuffle over the gun, the first time the gun goes off and you play in with like this, this exaggerated ringing sounds almost like a bell also sounds like a bit of tinnitus. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that scene, because it's a really great tense moment, uses silence and noise well.
3: Well, it was interesting in the mix, actually, because uh, at one point we had it. uh, So the first gunshot almost went down to silence mm. and then they became this kind of uh, totally otherworldly uh, sequence, which was very mute. And um, and we kind of played with that for a little bit, but then decided, actually, at this point, we want to try and keep more in uh, reality. Mm. So the the gunshot is, I mean, the sound of the gun is just kind of the bang, you know, classic right. gun sound. And then to heighten that we added the, uh, the HF over the top just so it makes you feel a little bit more uncomfortable
2: now you um you mentioned obviously that there were sound effects being provided as the edit was going I was curious how um, sound was used in general to uh to act as a transition device I like this moment early on when he's spraying bug spray and then it transitions to his son is making these whooshing sound effects as he's drawing
3: yeah I mean that was um again that was quite an early on device that just kind of came about and then we thought let's we'll just see how much we can get out of that and enhance it and it obviously helps one cut the father merge into his son effectively which was quite a nice little moment yeah
2: it's also uh it's a film that really uses music a lot and incorporates that into the soundscape you have uh jed Kurzel's really ominous score and then also you know you have kind of interesting music choices playing in some pretty violent disturbing scenes often (laughs) And, uh, you know, you layer real world sounds in with that too, like a phone ringing while the music's playing as well. Tell me about working with music in this. Um,
3: well, obviously, the music's very, very intrinsic to the whole film. And oh, yeah. if, if we got it right, then it kind of interweaves <laughs> in a seamless way. And one thing blends into another and you're not really noticing any manipulation of it. Um actually, there was one one particular scene which I absolutely love the music of is when the uh, the two kids are driving in the car, mm-hmm. we've got that metal track playing, and it's just like the thought of these one little kid driving along listening to metal, just <laughs> just made me uh, yeah, gonna fall in love with them. They're absolutely brilliant.
2: <laughs> so do you have a personal favorite scene in the film that really got to showcase you and the rest of the team's work from a sound perspective? Whoa, that's a good question
3: well i suppose the when the guys turn up and there's the shootout that's Mm -hmm. quite an interesting approach um but actually it's probably from my point of view a lot of skill which goes completely unnoticed is the fact that um when they're driving along they've got these incredibly noisy old cars for a start Mm. um adr is basically a no-no because you've got um you've obviously got, got Riz, who's a phenomenal actor, who will be able to ADR anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucian, who played Jay, is a phenomenal actor who would be able to uh, ADR anything. Bobby is a total free spirit. And so <laughs> when, the, when the three of them are in the car, apparently Bobby, uh, I was listening to an interview with Riz, who was saying that uh, that Bobby just riffs all the time. He's almost <laughs> like a stand-up comedian, just making everyone laugh and basically takes what's in the script, broadly speaking, and and it never gives the same line twice. Oh my so god! In terms of in terms of any ADR in the car, it was basically a no-no. So, <laughs> actually, out of out of the whole film, probably some of my favourite scenes where I think, yeah, this is this is we've got high craft here is when they're driving along in the car and the three of them are having a conversation because it's been superbly well recorded by Julian, and then um, the sound effects are all sitting underneath and yeah, it's just magic. That, I think. And the, so and- there's
2: a lot of production audio in this.
3: There's loads of production audio in this. It's probably 95 percent production audio. Wow. You, if, you, if you end up ADRing, when, when the, particularly when the three of them are together, you'll just end up destroying that dynamic. because mm-hmm. they are. you listen to the rushers, they are kind of just totally, especially Bobby's just kind of you know riffing away and just making them all laugh. and they're like, "Oh come on my let let's just do this line." and then they're all kind of calming <laughs> down, and you know it's hysterical.
2: Oh, that's really cool. Because I mean, it, it does sound like such the whole film sounds so enhanced. I thought there was a lot more in post bring it to life. It's really impressive production audio work then.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we obviously worked on it afterwards to get as much out of it as possible. But uh, yeah, it was very, very. I mean, and all the things like that are all the, the hidden skill of what we do in sound post, I guess
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming up on 5-Minute News,
3: I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.
2: Well, and so speaking of hidden skills, I was going to ask, can you hit me with any little Easter eggs you've buried in the soundscape that you'd love to kind of bring attention to that nobody noticed listening to it?
3: Oh, God, that's a genius question can't unfortunately off the top of my head
2: it's always fun to hear those i know uh, a couple of years yeah. back the shape of water guys told me they had buried the sounds of like michael shannon having sex in a sex scene and like <laughs> distorted them for the background of all the the scenes yeah. in the lab
3: so that's know. very very cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there's not nothing on that sort of level i could tell you no
2: <laughs> gotcha what do you think was the most difficult part about this film
3: well <laughs> I Again, I suppose the most difficult part was actually dealing with the dialogues in the car to make it sound Mm. smooth and even. So technically, that was quite a big, you know, heavy lifting challenge.
2: And you said those cars are just impossibly noisy, the ones they were driving?
3: Well, a lot of the time, there's loads of rattles. And we spoke with Julian beforehand, who said, uh, yeah, I'm going to get inside the car and just start taping things down to try and (laughs) stop it making so much noise. Because, I mean, they are, you know, they are the vehicles that you see. So they, they yeah. are. And they're driving on dirt, bumpy dirt tracks as well. So it's, which you know, doubly hard. So even with There's him
2: taping it down, how did you end up with such clean tracks in general? Because I so, wouldn't know that from if, seeing
3: it. If you actually just listen to the dialogue, they, they aren't clean tracks. There's a huge hmm. amount of noise going on underneath. But we managed to make it all smooth and get enough out of the dialogues to... um so that you don't really notice that we are, you know, doing anything. That's, yeah. that's, that's the simple trick to it. just making it as smooth as you can. So obviously, when you go from the front, they're on a, a hidden mic mm-hmm. in the back. They've also got a hidden mic. But the but I guess when you um, the car will give a slightly different sound depending on whereabouts you are in the car. So a lot of it, a lot of the skill came in balancing those underlying tones around the three of them.
1: Yeah.
2: It's very impressive. Well, uh, you know, I, I guess voters are, are about to decide who's on the uh, the sound short list. Is there anything else you would love people to know about you and the rest of the team's work on this before we kind of wrap up, um, close the deal if they're on the fence?
3: Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think we've probably touched on yeah. just about everything. Well, you know, it's great work in
2: the film, and uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, talking about it. I hope a lot of people check it out now that it's on Amazon because it really is a great film to listen to. It's a, it's a pleasure to hear. So
3: that's good. How did you listen to it? Just if you don't mind me asking. Uh, well, I, I have a TV. I have Amazon
2: Prime on my TV, so I pulled it up on here, and then I have a decent uh, speaker system in here. So yeah, you know, well, it's it's not anything state of the art, but I did not do it the indignity of listening to it on my laptop. So. Yeah. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Kitchen. i have some sort of surround sound in here so it's it's better than nothing but uh yeah yeah no, i wish i'd i wish i would heard it in the theater honestly but well, it's... it's
3: funny the film that i've just finished the um the producer on that came in and she didn't know that i'd worked on encounter and said oh just just watch this film encounter amazing but you've got to it <laughs> in a theater because it sounded so good
2: <laughs> yeah oh man, man. Yeah. what are you working oh, on Kenny. now? <laughs> that's a ringing endorsement that's awesome.
3: Yeah. But, what are you working on now uh just finish, finished a film called all the old knives which was a uh, chris pine no it's another amazon Doring, one right sorry film. exactly yeah.
2: yeah 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 i've heard of that okay
3: so I just finished well, that sounds exciting it. yeah yeah that was, that was a much quieter film than uh, encounter <laughs> it's like an action movie isn't it all the old knives yeah. no it's a uh, it's no. uh, okay. a talkie
2: <laughs> mm. Okay, well I'll be intrigued to see that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk and thanks for talking so late too. Get some sleep, hope you feel better.
3: Oh, that's cool. Thank you. Thanks, Will. Of and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's given you some useful things.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Thank you so much. Cool.
0: This operation extends to all adjacent states. They have no idea the kind of danger that they're in.
2: Why can't
1: we go home? This ain't a road trip. It's a rescue mission. Nothing bad's gonna happen to while I'm around. Besides, if this ain't a hell of an adventure, I know what it is, ah! 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 is, you? think I'm making it up? No. You don't seem so sure.
3: If we do this thing right, you will always be a hero to your sons.
1: No! Three Musketeers, toughest soldiers there ever was. They could survive anything because they stuck together. Now you telling me if we don't stand by each other, we can't get through anything? Yes. I know we can.
0: I am being joined right now by Academy Award nominee and one of the best working actors right now, Riz Ahmed.
1: That's really kind of you, man. Thanks a lot for having me.
0: Oh, dude, I saw you in Mogul Mowgli this year and this, and like, you know, what you're doing with Sound of Metal and like everything else you've just done these last couple of years, man, you've earned it. Like you are just crushing it lately. So I'm very excited to dive into Encounter with you because I think Malik is just such a fascinating character that any actor would love to be able to sink their teeth into and play. Can you tell me what was your reaction upon reading the script, meeting Michael, and what connected you to the character?
1: reading the script was it was a page-turner and hopefully it's a similar experience that audiences have it just keeps you guessing no matter what your preconception is about the character at the start it'll be flipped again and then again and then again before the end of the film um so i think that was really exciting also michael pierce to be honest that was the initial thing that led me to this project that saw beast i loved it i hunted him down i wanted to know what he was doing next and I started straight up stalking him. I started calling him, texting him, getting friends to hit him up. I emailed him, got my agents to call his agents. I was just like on him. And I think he gave me the role, so I'd leave him alone eventually, um, because I just really believe in him as a filmmaker, and I really think that this is this is a this is an unusual film, man. This is this has got a lot of the action and thrills of of a genre movie, but it's not a sci-fi. It's about something really urgent and relevant and grounded, and and, and with a lot of heart. It's about f- mm-hmm. trying to protect your family in a scary world that's falling apart. We, we can all relate to that right now.
0: I agree with that completely. And that theme resonated for me. And I don't even have kids, but yet you know, I was very, very moved by the relationship that you establish with uh, those two boys in this movie played amazingly here by uh, Lucian River uh, Shoshan and uh, Adita uh, Gadada. I-, I think they're both incredible here. Can you talk about um, time that you spent with them and just developing uh, a working trust, if you will, uh, and how that came across on screen?
1: They, they really are the heart of this film. They're just the most incredible actors. They taught me a lot, reminded me what acting is really about. But being open and honest and present. Lucian River so committed. I remember first week on set, I was looking around for him, like, oh, this is his first time on a film set. He's probably nervous. Let me let me like play catch with him or give him some candy. Found him a half an hour before the takes, sat in the car, preparing for the for the scene, crying, just like in fully in character. I was like, Oh my god, I got out of my game. This kid's something else. You know, I remember Aditya just every day after day, is just improvising, constantly improvising. <laughs> and then I find out when we're doing interviews yesterday, he goes, Yeah, I never read the script. <laughs> <laughs> he just did his own, his own tip. You can't tell him nothing. So that was, that was, it was just, you know, it was a joy, man. Honestly, I think they're going to be, if they want to be and they pursue it, I think they can be huge stars. Really, yeah. really. Yeah. They, 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 you know, it's a long road, you know, they might get interested interest in other things or who knows what happens, but they're really, really talented, man. And and, and it was kind of a being taken back to school, you know, working with them. They were they, they, younger actors, are so honest, they remind you of what it's all about.
0: I definitely can understand that for sure. I've worked on set myself, and I've seen that camaraderie that develops between uh, actors and then also two members of the crew. And this is a very technically sound film uh, with great action, really, really amazing uh, visual effects work that's very subtle and uh, amazing sound. And you've got yourself um, some... You know, pretty intense scenes uh, where you run around, you shoot, getting in the shootouts and such. And I'm curious to know, like, when you're approaching um, an action scene in particular, where does your mind usually go in terms of having it come across as being believable to an audience?
1: I'm not really thinking about will an audience believe it when I'm doing an action scene. I'm just trying to hit the marks and <laughs> roll and spot and not get my head blown off by the blanks. And it's like a it's like a dance. Yeah, it is actually. You know, I, I, it's something I've done less of. I've done less like action-y stuff and so that's part of what attracted me to it. I said this would be an interesting thing for me to try. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what, like, it's a real skill, you know, to do that dance and to still, f- to do something that technical and precise and still make it feel spontaneous.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Malik is a trained professional. So you have to have that come across to the audience. And I believed it yeah, it's wholeheartedly.
1: It's, it, you know, it's, it's something I've, I've come, I'm have i learning and I was given the space to learn and practice it on set because, you know, like you're doing a scene. Okay, you're going to pause for five seconds or three seconds. You don't have to decide that up front. Like you just see what happens and just see what organically happens. It's so not the same with action. It's just mm-hmm. mapped out. So to hit everything like clockwork, but not make it look like it's just mechanical and clockwork. It's yeah, it's something I'd love to continue to explore and learn. Yeah, mm-hmm. man.
0: Uh, I I thought you were just so intense in this oh, and in those scenes. Totally. So I would love to see more of that from you. Uh, The other thing I also wanted to uh, ask about here is Malik is going through hopefully by the time people listen to this, I'm going to post this a little after uh, it's prime video uh, debut. Malik's going through PTSD in this movie. And it's something that catches, I think, the audience by surprise. Like you were saying before, this movie from Michael Pierce shifts gears and is not exactly what you think it is up front. And I'm Curious to know, like, do you know anyone in your life who has suffered from PTSD? Uh, Like, what was your entry point as an actor into understanding Malik's condition?
1: Yeah, my brother's a psychiatrist, so he helped me a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, I also spoke a lot to um, Army veterans and Special Forces veterans and really was grateful to people who opened up to me about their experience. We had a military consultant, Jericho Danman, um, who is, was really, really just open and generous with his story. I spoke to so many Marines, Rangers, uh, Raiders, um, you know, people in all this kind of like Special Forces um, community. Uh, yes, about the stories and scars of warfare, but, but so often it's the scars of um, the psychological scars. Mm-hmm. they're the ones that really shape people's lives you know and uh and there's this hidden cost of war that we you know we have to reckon with you know particularly in the west after you know two decades of yeah. of carnage I mean longer really but it, it's uh it was really humbling because I I initially just didn't wasn't sure if I'd be able to relate to that and then I realized that most of the people out there fighting they're not there to fight for a flag or an ideology they're fighting for the people to their left and right you know mm-hmm. they're welcomed into this uniformed family and they're searching for belonging and often there's so much damage and scars has led them to that place and then yeah. they get to that place and they get more damage and scars and and so that, that was something i my empathy for people in that situation really opened up um yeah
0: And I would be remiss if I didn't mention this at the end here. But um, when I was uh, at Sundance earlier this year, I saw your name attached to Flea. And I want to just say thank you for pushing that film out there uh, to whoever you could, uh, because that's one of my favorite films of the year. And I I, I thank you for your work on that.
1: Oh, no, um, I was privileged to be a small part of that film. Um, And I just think it's so relevant, so timely, but outside of the politics or any of that social aspect, it's just creatively so cool. It's yeah. so bold. it's the way they tell the story, it's, it's really kind of helping to reimagine what documentaries can be. And I totally agree. I, I think there's something kind of game changing in that film.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Riz, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate getting the chance to chat with you, man. And I wish you all
1: the best of luck. Thank you, man. Likewise, appreciate this chat. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening
0: to Will Mavity's interview with the supervising sound editor, Andrew Sterk, and my interview with Riz Ahmed for Encounter here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Encounter is currently streaming on Amazon Prime Video. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.